The following podcast is brought to you by the Ebb Tide Treatment Center. Many people wrestle with addiction. You don't have to. Reach out to the Ebb Tide Treatment Center, where they wish to empower each individual encountered with the support, hope, and tools required for long-term sobriety. Pride themselves on providing the best possible treatment experience for you and your loved ones based on unique needs. They're committed to breaking the stigma that plagues those suffering with addiction and their families by educating and bringing awareness to the community. The Ebb Tide Treatment Center provides individual and group therapy, multiple recovery pathways for support, evidence-based clinical support, integrated aftercare social reintegration, personalized treatment planning, program addressing whole life health, and Vivitrol program all available. If you or someone you know is struggling with addiction, reach out to them at ebbtidetc.com or call 844 430 Four three five seven. Once again, everybody, and welcome to AIW's The Card is Going to Change. We have another special guest for you on this week's episode. But before that, we have to give the obligatory shout-out to our sponsors that help us bring this show to you each and every week for free. We want to thank SmartMark Video, who is here to record all of our live events. And you can view and purchase any of those live events on SmartMarkVideo.com. Buy DVDs from past or more recent shows, as well as best of DVDs that we have, or the MP4 digital downloads. We also want to thank Angelo's Pizza that delivers pizza to us each and every one of our live events, and of course feeding us here as always, as they do. You yourself can visit Angelo's Pizza on Madison Avenue in Lakewood, Ohio. It is in fact award winning. And we also want to thank Jack Prince who takes care of all of our graphic design, signage, and any sort of printing needs. They'll also take care of you. Visit jackprince.com. JKprince.com. We have uh, any special codes for the, our fans? Yes. Absolute CLE1 to save up to $75 off your order. There you go. Those voices you heard are the owners of AIW, Chandler Biggins and John Thorne. My name is Steve Guy. I am the moderator of sorts of the show. And we are joined, as I said, by a guest this week, none other than our very own women's champion, Ms. Shayna Baszler. Welcome to the show. Yes, all hail the queen. John Cena noise, man. The champ is here. <laughs> fresh, fresh off of all sorts of flying, uh, back in the States from a, a long trip overseas in Japan. Yeah, let's just get into it. People want to hear about your Japan trip. Yeah. How'd it go? Uh, my liver survived, although barely. Did you go to Rapungi a lot? There were a few visits to Rapungi, a few to Shinjuku. Did you tell everybody about the business that you're going to bring to America now? Yeah, I need to find a way to get Strong Zero here in the States. What I know it, it's been done. I've been on the internet. It's like, it ha there has to be a way. That stuff is... What is, what is Strong Zero? Explain yeah. it to everybody. Strong I have no Zero idea. Is like, it's like a 9% a alcoholic drink that you can buy in the convenience stores there everywhere. And it just messes you up. Can we swear on this show? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It 
fucks you up. <laughs> and it doesn't, it's not, uh, uh, like, it's not head in the toilet mess you up. It's like, I'm feeling crazy. Is it like mess the original you up. Four Loco? Kind of. But yeah, that's like, what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, like, not as sweet. It sounds like ecstasy to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the best. And anybody that's uh, been over there to experience it, and and what's crazy about it is that in Japan you can just buy these in the station and then crack them open and like walk out the door and drink it as you're walking. Open down container? The like, like, are you allowed to drink yeah. everything on the streets in Japan? Yes. Oh, that's amazing. And what's crazy about that is we were discussing, you know, if we did this in the states, like if they suddenly made like, hey, everyone in the states can just drink everywhere, there'd be fights and crazy stuff, and I think like everybody would love Japan everybody. is not like that. Like, I mean, I, I'm not really into sports, but when the when the Cavs won the championship, it was yeah. like open container was legal in Cleveland for two weeks. It was great. Yeah, everybody was just hugging people. Yeah. Not the cops were just like, "Hey, we won." Yeah, Who cares? cops were all on board. <laughs> but it was yeah, like the cops were yeah, part of it. It was, it was like two straight weeks where you could just drink drink whatever you wanted yeah. on the streets of Cleveland. Nobody cared. Like you walk outside and you'd be going down the street with a drink, and cops would be like, "Hey, hey, hey, hey!" And you're like, "Cavs, am I right?" And they're like, "Yeah, go Cavs!" And it was, I mean, that's kind of probably, I guess, how I envision Japan. <laughs> that's probably the closest I'll ever get to being in Japan. Yeah, I think. Yeah. <laughs> how long were you in Japan? Uh, ten weeks. Oh man! Not quite three months. I would have been there three months, but I had to come defend the title. She's, she's got to come back and defend yeah, defend that belt. <laughs> you have to. I am a fighting champion. I can't just sit on it and skip town. She's she's the most she's the most serious champion we've ever had. She she polishes the belt. Polish the belt. Answer, <laughs> yeah. Tell that, like, tell that story. You, okay, so you win the AIW. No, I don't want. No, don't tell that story. I want you oh. to tell people that I have seen pictures of you. You sleep with the belt in your bed. <laughs> there was. What, you really <laughs> cherish this belt. I took a photo set that night, and I was gonna. I was supposed to like tweet something along the lines of "Last night was good for me," <laughs> and, and I never did. So now I just have these odd. I've seen series them. Of <laughs> photos of me in a bed with the belt. Well, I'm glad you cleaned them though, because because <laughs> yeah, that was a dirty belt when you, you got how it. The polish happened. Yeah, what did you use to polish that belt? <laughs> It was toothpaste. That's toothpaste. Like, yeah. Do you want to like take a- all the belts home with you that we have now? <laughs> Does that make I you? I suddenly, a- I suddenly wonder why I'm like the champion of everything. Yeah. Tag <laughs> champ, intense champ, absolute champ. Make you a little nervous, like brushing your teeth when you when Shayna tells you, "Oh, I polished my belt with toothpaste," and you look at what that really did, and you're like, "Oh, that's going in my mouth." No, man. It look, I mean, she made it look clean, so I assume yeah, it's gonna I make guess. my teeth clean. That's yeah. true. Especially if you got like gold ones. So yeah. Steve, guy, you got a grill. I don't have a grill. <laughs> That'd be sweet. Let me see your grill. Those new 8x10s oh. that has, she looks like one of them. She looks like it's a hip-hop album, man. She might have a grill. I did look at Thorne's Facebook today, and oh, somebody yeah. somebody left him a flyer for a Paul Wall barbecue, and they're going to have a winner that gets a free grill. Oh, that's good. That's sweet. So I sweet. need to get one still. I yeah. To oh yeah. Get a grill got put that, in there. You got that toothbrush. I, I think she's a little higher than a higher than the, like the grills. You got to go to like Parmentown Mall to get a grill. Ooh. Yeah, she does like the real dentistry work. Randall Park Mall. <laughs> yeah, that's close. So let's go. Maybe let's go backwards since this is AIW's uh, podcast. You just got back from Japan, but before that, of course, you had your introduction into AIW, and that was what is that over a year now? Yeah, it would be right? a, about a year. A right year in April. Yeah, one yeah. year in yeah, April. Almost a year. I've known you for a year. Yeah. 
It's been a long year. <laughs> wow. Put it that way. You rolled into Cleveland. And she gets. Just a, she just gets all my world. drunk text messages in the middle of the it night. It didn't change my world. I'm changing Cleveland. Oh, okay. Come what on. Was, what was your first impression when you uh, rolled? Because you're, I mean, oh, you I don't were, know. If, I don't know if we want to hear that. I do. You, <laughs> you were new to wrestling then, and you still relatively are. So, you, I mean, you had, I remember as a story, you came up to us after your match, and you only had like eight or nine matches yeah, at that I point. I think that was my eighth match. Yeah. My debut for AEW. So you're brand new into wrestling. At yeah. this point, how, I mean, you've had, uh, I mean, double digits, obviously, but, I mean, are you pushing like 100 matches at this point? Because you've been wrestling almost it's, every it's, week. It, yeah, and like if it, like in Japan, you're working like three shows a weekend and yeah. crazy, like the schedule over there is crazy, but I've had enough that I've lost count. We'll say that. Did you think, do you think when you were in Japan that that really helped you kind of develop yeah, I, I think because you don't have time to sit and think of uh, I, I think one of the one of the hardest things starting pro wrestling is that you wanna do everything. Right. You like, wanna do yeah. every move and you, every new move you see, every little gif on the, on Twitter that you see from some little indie show, like is you wanna do but in Japan you don't have time to think of that stuff. Like you have to you're doing three shows and on top of that they're they like I don't know, like, you just, you're traveling in a bus. It's not like you have time to think or watch or do anything, so you kind of get set in in what it is you do, and you, I think the biggest thing I got out of Japan was developing my in-ring um, style more. Yeah, because, yeah, like, I feel like in America, there's nothing like that. So, like, it's like you do a show, and then maybe you don't do a show for, like, two or three weeks, yeah. or, you know, like, when you're in Japan, you're wrestling, like, how many times, you're wrestling multiple times a week. Yeah. And I think like any American that goes over there comes back different. Yeah, and it's 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 a different style. Um, I think just coming from like an MMA background, that Japanese kind of strong style, uh, I fit into that really easily. So it was a really easy adjustment in that aspect. But um, it's it's the Japanese audience is a lot less rowdy than like a u.s or a uk audience Did that, does that throw you off at first but it gets you comfortable with silence so i think that's the other thing is that um you get comfortable working when there's not noise so you're not panicked like right before it was like there was almost like like i remember uh i had a match I think it was here. I think it was a match I had with Heidi, and the crowd was kind of like falling off a little bit. I'm like, "Fuck, we got to, we got to do something, right?" But like, now I'm okay with it. I think. Like, do you, do you think like Japan like really made you more of like I guess a well-rounded worker? Like, yeah. Um, like, did did you did you find like comfort? Like, you know what I mean? Did you finally feel like really like comfor- yeah, yeah, comfortable? Yeah, 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 for sure. I, I feel a lot more comfortable, and I think like the. Um, the the language barrier, right? So like it's easy in the U.S. to pick someone in the audience, start yelling stuff at them, and get, and it gets the people around them to join in with them. So then suddenly right. you've grabbed that whole section of crowd. But you can't do that in Japan when they don't know what language you're speaking. So it's <laughs> like you have to connect in a different way. Being, yeah. So I think it it develops just a new way to kind of connect with the audience and uh, <coughs> emoting is probably a lot more important. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and storytelling has to be um, a little bit, uh, I want to say a little more basic, but I don't mean it to sound like... more clear. Yeah, like... Yeah. 
Like it's got to be more obvious. Yeah, it has to be. There, there's there. There has to be a story for them. Like they, they, they'll they'll clap for like a, a match of high spots, but yeah. in the end, they'll really appreciate the storytelling and they'll really get behind it emotionally and stuff. So, all that with the language barrier and everything, it's it's a, uh, it's cool. I think it's like, if I had my way and I could rule the world, I would make every wrestler required to go over to Japan and have to do that and try to connect. Your your dentist just got here, but oh, good. Uh, you can ask her about getting me a grill. Are you... She doesn't... Uh, not aware the on-air sign is flashing right yeah, now. Yeah. Just saying hi to everybody. We, we need one of those. Um, are you at a point now, you know, where you look back and you've been wrestling for... I mean, here you've been here for about a year, but you've been wrestling for well over a, a year or so now. Is it still everything that you thought it was going to be? Or are there obstacles where you're like, man, I didn't think that that was going to... I never thought about that being something I'd have to get over and do. It's it's a, a little of both because physically I, I train pretty much the same. Uh, I don't have to... My diet consists more about me looking good rather than making a certain weight on a scale now. Right. Um, so that's a little bit different. Um, but my workouts are the same and like the physicality the punishment is very similar so um that isn't surprising but i think what is surprising is um the 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 pro wrestling fans as a whole are are so different from mma fans as a whole sure and i wrote a blog about it um kind of getting into it but like just well yeah well like talk about that blog because it kind of went like i don't want to say like viral ish but it got it got like a lot of attention well i want to say it went viral after i retweeted it oh okay (laughs) (laughs) as everything does yeah i got a lot of followers man (laughs) so yeah just kind of like i guess talk about that and like what you know what you were you know what you're starting to say a response to a guy i was i was on the stardom I, i i like to pay attention not so much because fan comments uh i've been in mma long enough to kind of not pay attention to the comments i I know that well enough but i like to watch the critiques when they're intelligent critiques because um as i always say i have you know 15 16 years of mma miles on my body i don't have time to spend 10 years ironing out all the all the kinks in in what I am. If so. I could co-sign something for you, uh, since September co-sign. I become co-sign. Yeah, co-sign. So got a new credit card. Since September, I've become a female MMA uh, enthusiast. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Expert maybe. Yeah. And I dabbled in some of these looking up MMA stuff. Oh, of and man, do. those MMA people are fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah, like I insane. Had- you think wrestling fans are insane? You should see what these fucking MMA people say. I had- writers that cover pro wrestling and MMA or, or just other sports in general as well as MMA message me and say yeah, uh, MMA fans are the worst of all sports groups like, it, and, and you know I don't want anyone, someone to hear this and like bitch and moan about how they're such a good fan and if it wasn't for them, I, I get it I get that there's good fans but we're talking in general as a whole it's terrible and I, and I wrote this so I go on the, I go on the, the stardom forums because I want to I want to know things I need to improve or, like, what, what are they grabbing onto? What are they like, like? general feedback. Yeah. And uh, someone had made a comment that was like, oh, it's hard for me to believe she's a badass fighter when 
she was never a good fighter anyway. And, like, the thing is that I, I basically wrote this blog, like, look, I, I was in the top ten for over a decade. Top ten fighters in the world. That means there's only ten, less than ten other girls that were walking on the street that could beat me. Like, well, that's what that means. Yeah, you were fighting at a time where the women weren't really part of your right. like, It was like, your own separate you were thing. Kinda, you were kind of like a, trail, a trailblazer in yeah. a way to where before UFC embraced women's MMA and stuff like that, you were, you were doing it. And, like, I know, you know, uh, you had told me you would have to go and meet with, like, city councils and try to get yeah, MMA like, legalized. Trying, and stuff. trying to get uh, commissions to, to make the right rule sets and things like this. Like, I'm traveling and getting dressed up in nice clothes to go talk to city councils in cities that... You know, I don't. I don't live in these cities. I just wanted MMA to grow, but like, I I basically was like, look, I've done all this. I'm not just another wrestler who. And again, not to talk down on anyone, but like, I, I it's not like I just take jujitsu two to three times a week because I'm interested in it. Like, this was my life for so long, and to disregard all of that because what you saw on TV was me shitting the bed. And I wrote that too. I said, yeah, I, I shit the bed in my UFC run, but here's what happened. I I got upset in the first round on the Ultimate Fighter and the the fans turned on me and suddenly forgot everything I'd ever done. And so they were very loud about like how uh overrated and you're Ronda's friend and you've never done anything and da 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 and all this stuff and um so when I have another opportunity in the UFC and it comes to a point in the fight and not to get too much into it, but I remember the exact moment that I had this kind of nonverbal conversation with the girl I was fighting. Like, we made eye contact. I just, it wasn't worth it to bust my ass and work hard to win when it was just going to get forgotten the next time anyway. As soon as their Twitter timeline changes, history is erased, and it's shitty. And it's the shittiest thing about MMA fans. And now, in general, pro wrestling fans have a good, healthy respect for the history of of the sport. They're very loyal, yeah. Yeah, and so you'll get these guys that... You get these old-timers that have been wrestling for, like, 30 years that come to do these indie shows, and they, look, they're probably not putting on the best matches, but dang, they get respect from the audience still, you know? And that's, that's one of the things I really love about wrestling that broke my heart uh, uh, towards MMA. And I kind of wrote this blog that I didn't mean to be this, like, heartfelt love letter to pro wrestling, but that's kind of, like, <laughs> what it turned into, but... Um, and, you know, back in the early days of MMA, it used to be like that. Um, but then I think it just, you know, it got mainstream. It's kind of like we can all say, like, we can all agree that there's a difference between a WWE fan and a pro wrestling fan, right? Sure. Yeah, so, oh, yeah like, absolutely. That's how, that's how the UFC and MMA is now. Um, but I don't know. It was just... I, like one company's bigger than the sport almost at this point. Yeah, and, yeah. and to, to disregard everything that people have done... And there's people before me. I'm not claiming to be the first or only, but to disregard things. I mean, you saw it kind of happen to Ronda, right? She's right. the reason we're yeah. in the UFC. She's setting records. She defends the title seven times. All the fights totaled like three minutes total. And like then she loses one time and she was like nothing. And the whole world turned on her. And it's, it's I, I really, I say this like... I could tell you similar stories about all these different fighters, but I wonder if MMA fans really know how many great fighters' careers they ended early just because they broke their heart. 
Like, that's such a sad downer of a thing to say. Because, like, you bust your ass, you have the yeah. fight, and then you're expecting, like, respect at least. Yeah. And then it's like, you get none of that, so what did you just work for? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and it kind of just, like, it just takes your heart out of the whole thing, pretty yeah. much. And so when it comes down to the point in the fight where it's like, now you got to dig deep, and you're really, like, this is more than just technique now. Now we're just gritting it out. Like, why? why? And, like, you know, from our experience with running shows... We'll get 300 compliments, but that one guy saying something, yeah. just like it just like rots in you. Yeah, like that one so negative thing. So imagine it's 300. Yeah, 301 on compliment. You, compliment <laughs> you know, so it's like, I don't know. It's it's the. You thing. ever want to do like Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back? You go to some dude's house and you just beat him up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, I've al- I always put the address to the gym out there. <laughs> Nobody ever shows up, but but like I I I don't know, and I and I wrote how, you know. Pro wrestling helped me find my love of MMA again. Uh, just just over in Japan, I did a stint where that damn machine. I I uh, I main evented Corican Hall, and the next day I fought an MMA fight, and then the next day I wrestled again at another show. So I was running on like two hours sleep over these three days, traveling and and wrestling, and I I loved it. I was, as soon as I got out of the ring, that last wrestling match, my body gave up on me and I got a big fever and a cold and I was sore and everything. Yeah, because that's an insane schedule for anybody, but you're in a foreign country taking buses between the three stops and it's like, you know, you get no good rest, you get no good, like, relaxing time. Yeah, and so, uh, but but I loved it and I had fun. Um, It's the the first time in years, and Josh said it too, um, I had fun in my MMA fight. It was fun, and, and and it's been a long time since I can say that that fighting was fun, and it's because of pro wrestling. Because um, uh, you're almost like rediscovering it. Yeah, I think too. I'm representing. I spent so long in MMA trying to tell the MMA world, you know, this is pro wrestling, this is entertainment, and now I I feel like the banner I'm carrying in pro wrestling is like, remember, guys, this is a fight. Yeah. And so I think like. My motivation in that MMA match was to just show that pro wrestling is strong. Like, I'm a pro wrestler and I'm fighting, right? So, so it was different because I was waving the banner of pro wrestling rather than fighting because it's something I was supposed to do or whatever. Do you think? Do you think? Like, do you think it's kind of crazy that so you come out of this world where the MMA fans are essentially just like breaking your heart and shitting all over you, and then you transition to pro wrestling and it's like you've you almost came in with zero matches as almost a star based on your past of which uh, of being an MMA which the MMA fan community as a whole hated like essentially hated you I don't want to say hate you but like they they shit all over your career but then you transition to pro wrestling and it's like all the pro wrestling fans embrace you because just cuz you did MMA I I I said uh, when I first started wrestling that I was getting more respect for my fight career from the pro wrestling world than I was from the MMA world which is crazy uh but um, now that I've been around both fandoms, it makes sense to me just because, uh, I don't know, it just, I, I, I don't know why MMA is that way. I don't. I've, I, like I said, I've had talks with um, other sports writers and stuff, and I don't know what it is about MMA that makes the fans the way they are because they, they aren't like that in other sports. Uh, but they, they get pissed off at football. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> people don't say, like, I'm a Vikings fan, so I know all about being a fan of a team that can never get there, right? Sure. So like, but, like, it's not like, 
We know that in this well, town. Like, imagine imagine more Super Bowls than imagine this. <laughs> yeah. Imagine this, though. Imagine the Vikings or the Browns or whoever you're a fan of trounces everyone the whole season and then has one loss. Imagine if everyone was like, be the New well, I'm going to go buy a Patriots jersey now because the Browns have always been overrated. Look at their schedule. <laughs> like, that's not what happened. They might say, ah, that was – I can't believe he – you know, they'll, they'll nitpick and quarterback from their couch and all that. But the way they turn in MMA is really specific to MMA, and I just don't – I don't know why that is. But, you know, I found um, – I found a new way to love MMA, and I found something that I love. Uh, and and if you guys know my background as far as catch wrestling and pro wrestling and Josh and Billy and all that, it's all the same for me. Like, it's all under the same branch of this martial arts tree. So it's it's kind of full circle for me, and I'm totally happy with where I'm at. Oh, USA, USA. Hey, our friends at Thrift Store Jabber. BigCartel.com has an awesome item for you today. It's from the 80s. We don't have an exact year. It's a brand new 80s Hacksaw Jim Duggan medium sweatshirt. It was made for a UK tour, and it's only, only $60. That's Thrift Store Jobber on Instagram. That's Thrift Store Jobber uh, BigCartel.com. Check them out also on eBay, Thrift Store Jobber. USA, USA. Do you feel like so? Do you feel like pro wrestling was almost like therapeutic for you in a way, like to like work out some shit in your head or something? Yeah, like- I, absolutely. I think pro wrestling um, helped me to be happy with where I'm at. Uh, I don't have to do it because that's what I'm supposed to do. I do it because I love it. I could, I could. I could easily find other ways to make more money and more secure, whatever. But this is just what this is what I am. This is what I love. I, I've been a pro wrestler even the whole time I was I was fighting. So, um, well, and I and I think that to to kind of bring it to one big moment that you had specifically here at AIW in Cleveland, your love of wrestling has shown to the fans. And as John said earlier, they just immediately embrace you. But he kept growing. Like your star here kept growing and growing. And people fell in love with you so much to the point that last September you become the women's champion here at AIW. And it's like all of your worlds collided because you have your best friends here in what is probably the biggest moment in your wrestling career at that time. And just the reaction from Who's your best friend? Noel Foley. <laughs> yeah, oh. Frank, Frank the Clown, Frank the Clown, and Noel Foley were here. Ariel Hawani, <laughs> yeah, uh, Way Ting, which is truthfully awesome it was great because here. yeah, because um, the MMA world, a lot of people from the MMA world were here. Uh, the the show 
and not to like kiss anyone's rear end, but the show was booked very intelligently for the UFC being Who did in town. That? Oh, please, please, by all means, <laughs> by all well, means, I mean, the UFC put us was over. In town the next night, the how many of the twenty matches were booked? The, right here. <laughs> the weigh-ins had just gotten over and the show started, so all that media didn't have anything to cover. They came over to the show because here's a bunch of us UFC ex UFC fighters or whatever on the show. Yeah, of course, Ronda's in the building, so there's all this kind of buzz around it, and they came in, and I think. Like, the general idea of what pro wrestling is to someone who's not a pro wrestling fan is that it's this cheesy kind of campy uh, 80s WWE stuff, right? But I think to bring them in, to bring people that are very MMA elitist in, like, if it's not MMA and real fighting, it's garbage. uh, Yeah. To bring them in to see an indie show, like a proper indie show, um, uh, I think it helped cross a lot of bridges, you know? So... um, it, it it was great, and I think if there's a moment like that's a good moment to kind of that kind of brought everything together for me, you know. Well, yeah. two things two things about uh, Rhonda coming. Number one, when oh, you oh that's get, her best friend. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh sorry, sorry. <laughs> I a, thought it was Freak the Cloud. Sorry, there was another friend here too, not just Rhonda Biggins. Jeez, oh yeah, man. man, Jess, dude, Jess was here. Which one? You got to pick one. Who's your oh, Sophie's on. choice? You got to pick which one's your best friend. I said best friends plural. What well, the three of them pull up. And former AIW cameraman Justin Doan, who started his camera with a pencil, <laughs> runs up and tries to open the door on you guys. <laughs> no, he try, he tries to get a picture with Rhonda before she parks her car. Yeah, like a paparazzi and she picture. Takes her, she doesn't she, even have it in park. She's it, got her foot on the brake. <laughs> and she takes and she takes off, and I go, oh, she ain't coming back. <laughs> that, that, that's he it. told me that. I go, no way, she's coming here. <laughs> you see Justin Doan try to open your car door, that's but like, like a werewolf coming at you. But we like, don't talk about that. <laughs> But I feel like that, you know, well, you, you'll get back to your two things in a second, but I feel like, you know, that closing moment was like one of like that was like a WrestleMania moment or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like when they come out unannounced, like there was a like and they a, didn't even tell me uh, they were they that, they were that was a that. total surprise. And I definitely I didn't ask because I was scared to ask. I didn't ask. I didn't want to. I didn't want to ask. Pedro, the ring announcer, I think, went and said, hey, you, this would be cool if you did this, if you want to do it. But I want a complete deniability because I didn't want. I don't I don't ever want to use Rhonda, right? Like, I'm her friend, so. Yeah. Oh, by I all means, I wanted to use Rhonda. <laughs> I, I didn't even ask her. Thor's trying to get, like, Christmas so cards made with her and stuff. I actually, I actually specifically talked to Jess and was like, look, don't come out because that'll be weird. Everyone knows Rhonda's here, and why would you come out and not her? Right. You know, like, uh, this whole deal. So it was like, okay, these guys are not coming out. Well, then Jess came out first, and I'm like, oh, okay, fine. And then when Rhonda came out, I was like, oh. And that was kind of, like, crazy because she had not really been making so like been in the public eye so much you know what i mean for like the last year or so yeah, it was kind of her return to yeah to well, good publicity stunt right right going into her announcing her, fu- her next fight esther lid had like the wrestlemania yeah, that picture. picture yeah that one picture they should have printed posters now, now a shana baszler 8x10 available up, up yeah, at the gimmick table. Yeah. The merch table you can uh, find that i mean wasn't that cool though to have like that Looking back, even though you're like, ah, they're not going to come out, have like that special moment with them because those are two of your best friends. And like I said, this is one of your biggest achievements in pro wrestling. I felt like that was like, you know, that wasn't something that we could have sat back here and like booked or wrote or something. That was just like a real moment. You know what I mean? And I I think like everything just fell into place that night with the timing of the UFC and with uh, all the publicity and with those two coming out and and, and and the match with Heidi. 
uh, was, was a great, great match. Yeah. Like I just everything fell into place and it was it was a great night. It was a great night for sure. I still think of the alternative universe where like Freak the Clown and Noel hold her up. <laughs> <laughs> her other, her other best friend. Her other best friend. I have a perplexed look on my face. It's like that side. It's the Seinfeld episode where Jerry got new friends that are, or uh, Elaine got new friends. Oh yeah, that are kind of like. They're kind of like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Frank is Rhonda. You know, Noel yeah. is uh, Jess. Who? Yeah. Who really picks her up more, Frank or Noel? Who do you think? Noel, she's a tall girl, man. Yeah, yeah I, she, she's got the power, but Frank, he's a little squirrely guy. So oh, I don't know. That's enough about Frank. We're done. Okay. Are you done? Are you done now? You done? I can't remember the what, second what thing now. <laughs> you had two things. Two things about Rhonda coming, That's you it. said. Two things. Oh. Justin, don't. Yeah. And how uncomfortable was it at the bar when the woman, 45-year-old drunk woman, tried to fight Rhonda? Oh, the, the oh, yeah. post-show party. Well, it was. But, yeah. but that goes back to your... People go, oh, well, you lost an MMA fight. Well, you could probably beat up 99% of the people in real life. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing is, like, here, here's the thing to think about, too, is when you think about, like, an NBA player, if there's a guy that suits up and is, like, the 10th man, like, he barely gets any play time, you're going to expect that if you challenge him to a one-on-one game, he's going to kick your ass. But, like, the UFC is the top of the top. So, like, even if, like, there's 400-some-odd fighters signed in the UFC. So... Even if you're the worst in the UFC, you're still better than the you're levels still below. In the top 400 in the world, right? Yeah. Ish. So like, you, like it's it's amazing to me that for whatever reason, fighting is different in people's mind. Like any other sport, a practice squad in the NFL, right? That guy's gonna be right. way better than you at football. But it's, like, it's it's so crazy that like these fans just think like, oh man, they lost an MMA fight, so they're. They're they're just they suck. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that I I don't understand that. Maybe fighting is so like primal to us as animals. I have no idea. I could understand if you're like but, at an indie MMA thing and you're like, oh that fucking yeah. guy, that fucking guy lost. He yeah, might not yeah. be that tough. But this is like we're talking like UFC. Right, you know? exactly. It's 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 crazy. Of those top four hundred, four hundred of them could beat my ass. And I once broke a kid's <laughs> arm with an uppercut. Yeah, yeah as we learned as we learned on I'm this podcast. About my one fight, seventh grade, a guy attacked oh, me. Fight again. So I uppercutted him. He flipped over desk, broke his arm. He was in the front of the room crying, and the homeroom teacher came in and saw him. Could could you win? Drag me out by my ear. If you had a sock full of quarters, could you win? Oh yeah. Could I ever do an MMA match where I got a sock full of quarters in my pocket? <laughs> do you think Do you think you could get Biggins in contact with Dana? Uh, there's a there's a group of guys called the Dog Brothers that uh, do full contact stick fighting, and uh, I don't like this already. <laughs> yeah, this <laughs> you, you can like YouTube black hole them. It's it's really kind of cool if you're into that stuff. They wear like hockey gloves and helmets, but they they stick fight for real. These guys come away just bruised and welted. And when the UFC first uh, started, they asked, "Oh, since this is billed as martial art versus martial art, can we bring Kali in with our sticks?" And they were like, no, no, Whoa, no weapons. I don't know about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like a legendary sticks, huh? story. Go look I, at if I ever, brothers. It's crazy. If I ever did an MMA fight, I would look like the sumo guy with the 100-pound guy breaking my brain stem. Like UFC 1? UFC 1? Yeah. yeah. He threw the face and his tooth went flying out. To <laughs> little, guy, little, guy, little guy looks like Steve Guy in a, in a gi, jumps on the guy's back, just... He goes, what's your, what, what, like, they're like, uh, I think Jeff Blatnick was like, what's his finisher? And I think James Brown was like, he just keeps punching him in the brainstem. <laughs> That's when I watch MMA until Ronda, I met Ronda. 
Yeah, and then now he's a woman's MMA enthusiast. Yes. Yeah. Expert. He bought himself the Four Horsemen shirt off the MMA Tees website. Yeah, I got that. I got the uh, Ultimate Fighter box set. I oh, watched yeah, he ordered your season. <laughs> he went right on Amazon as soon as eight dollars. I don't even think I don't even think Ronda was out of the the city limits of Cleveland. <laughs> Amazon Prime app, brother. Yeah. <laughs> he, he he ordered everything that he could get with with uh, you and Ronda on it. That's available online. That was it. Those two things. I couldn't find anything else. He's well, looking though. One of the fun things. That you I did have. follow Misha Tate on Snapchat after that too. But <laughs> don't tell Rhonda. <laughs> she, she listens to this every oh, episode. Man, you're screwed now, buddy. Uh, one of the fun things that you have with the fans, AIW, whenever you come here, people bring you different beer. Yeah. Is that something? I mean, that didn't happen in, when you were in MMA, did it? That, yeah, actually, it is a thing that started in MMA. Okay. Where I'm a craft beer enthusiast, so I always like uh, trying like the local beer of where I'm at. So I would always tweet. Or let fans know in an interview or something that I was going to, you know, I'm fighting in this whatever town. Let me know. It, it, it didn't start as me asking for beer. It started to be like, tell me what beer to is get. good. Yeah. yeah. And fans would just show up at shows with some beers. So now it's kind of carried over into wrestling and yeah, uh, specifically AIW, which is awesome. Um, because because uh, we don't like the drink at all. Because there's a right. fridge down here in the <laughs> locker room. So it's awesome. And Cleveland is like a booming market for craft beers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, like every day you hear of another brewery yeah, opening. Christmas ale. And, uh, yeah, it was so December, good. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, and then what, that one time a fan bought you a bottle, brought you a bottle of scotch. Yeah. Oh, Johnny, Johnny Walker. Walker. Johnny my, Walker. My one true love. Which I. Which <laughs> I never lets me down. Which I do not like scotch, but. Rhonda was giving them out, and I couldn't say no to that because I just wanted to have the story. <laughs> Frank the Clown wasn't handing them out. No, Frank the Clown did not have this. Did not he have the no scotch. scotch. How many times are you going to bring him up on Shana's episode? Yeah, I'm going to give him my seat on the podcast. I think you keep bringing up this werewolf story. I'm going to hand. <laughs> I'm going to hand over the reins to old Frank. Oh. So, yeah, you get you, you get all this free beer all the time. Um, but I guess the ultimate question is: is at what point? in your life did you decide to, you were going to make this transition into pro wrestling like how did it happen because it seemed to happen pretty quickly i i um i am friends with kyle o'reilly and bobby fish in ring of honor and so they called me up and they're like hey do you want to walk us out to the ring and whatever and i couldn't do anything uh because at the time i was still with the ufc uh so i couldn't take any bumps or anything but uh a guy had seen me in the crowd and uh, was like, hey, so you wrestle. I wanted to book you. And I'm like, nah, nah, I can't. <laughs> I can't do it. And just bothered me forever. And then um, I ended up uh, tearing my ACL in my last UFC fight. And we knew they were going to sit me on the bench for a while. Like, unless you're Ronda, you only fight, like, once a year as a girl. And I, I basically we asked him, like, will you allow Shana to work some pro wrestling stuff to make money since she's not going to be able to make money fighting? And they were like, no. And so we were like, okay, well, then how about we do not sign, renew the contract? Okay. And so I just started wrestling, and the plan was to do, like, do some wrestling and then sign with them, do some fights, and then come back and do some wrestling. But this wrestling thing has been taken off, so uh, I'm just riding the wave a little bit longer than I thought. And then one other thing that you kind of mentioned earlier that I find super fascinating about you is you are probably one of the very few women that could say that they're trained and certified by billy robinson yeah i was i'm sure like that was an experience life experience in itself you know what's crazy too is that um i trained with billy for shoot grappling like a lot of my mma most of my grappling is catch wrestling um 
And so he passed away before I started working. And I really wish, in hindsight, that I knew I was going to be working pro wrestling and uh, could have had talks. Although knowing Billy, he comes from that that day and age where it was all the same, you know. Right, he, like he, he would, yeah, he would. So it probably wouldn't have been any different. But um, really valuable stuff. And just uh, you know, when I was in Japan, I, I went and trained at the the Snake Pit that Billy started, the UWF Snake Pit uh, in Koenji that he he started with uh, Miyato-san, who trained you know for like a bajillion years directly with Billy. Billy living in an apartment across the street from the dojo. Like, it was a weird spiritual moment I had. Yeah, like, standing that. on the floor that Gotch and Billy were, had sparred on. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> my God. That's like, that's like holy ground. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot of pressure. Yeah, crazy. And they have a, a chair in, in the Snake Pit gym uh, with Billy's picture on it. That's, like, where he used to sit and coach people from. That's cool. Yeah, so, like... It's cool. He, they have it sitting on the edge, and of they the still mat, like so. you know they still kind of pay the respect yeah. to him or whatever. And when you take pictures, you take the pictures around the chair. Wow. And and yeah, because we had a uh, guy we know from Cleveland, a buddy of ours. He retired probably a decade ago, but he would still travel around the country to do the seminars with Billy. And his stories are like amazing. Like we should have him on sometime. But like Billy sounded like a very dynamic individual. Yeah, yeah. He's he's one of the Billy the bully. He's one of the. The OG, the the last living, you know, he was one of the last living shooters. Uh, He's definitely probably killed some people before, and I bet. Well, there's... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I don't want to... You, you might be trying to lead her into something. <laughs> like that. That's kind of my, my blog kind of went over how I think in MMA and pro wrestling, I'm, 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 I'm like... Like, women's wrestling specifically hasn't seen someone that's a shooter in the way, like, you think of guys like... Uh, Suzuki or um, uh, these badasses, you know, even Josh, like that, that the locker room knows if you piss them off, they, they, they will fuck you up. Right. And, and I think, I think that's what kind of the crowd has really, why they've really kind of, you know, like gravitated towards you because it's just like, you know, they, everyone's in on it. They know wrestling's a work, but like, it is. they know, they know that it like, there's that kind of aura that, like, if something doesn't go your way, you could, in fact, really hurt yeah. somebody. In the world, and it's not always gone our way, but we won't talk about that. In the world of a reality TV with Total Divas, you are very anti of that. Yeah. Even though you were on Total Divas. Even though uh, you were yeah. on there. Yes. It's a, it's a, you know, I'm waving the banner of a, I'm, uh, it's a dying breed, the shooter in pro wrestling nowadays. And I think um, it's very important that I carry on that, like, from my my training with Josh and Billy specifically. And if you guys, here's a little tidbit that I don't think I've ever told anyone. Oh, um, when you guys tip. see me come out and I'm in the corner and they do the announcements and I point to the sky. I always think of this, like Josh told me before I wrestled my first match, you know, if you can, if you think Billy is up there and he looks down on it and is happy with it, then it was a good match. And so I always have to remember, like I always kind of throw a little, homage to billy because make sure make sure he's awake and looking yeah <laughs> that's just, quite the standard to live up to it's it's hard too because wrestling is different than it was back then right so it's got to be a little bit different but um i still want to be able to to hold the to to be able to proudly wave that shooter banner of the school of thought that i'm trained in so 
Maybe you can steal the moniker "Last of a Dying Breed" from someone. <laughs> I think she got to beat him for it. I'd, I'd put money on her though. Yeah, I bet she could. So, I mean, I guess you know we'll wind it down because especially Orlando Eddie Yonkers Eddie, she might have a fight. Yeah, but she yeah. might have a tough time with Yonkers Eddie. Orlando, Orlando Eddie, Eddie. he's uh, Orlando Eddie's a pushover. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, so you know, I I guess ultimately, you know, what are your goals and everything going forward? Are you just just seeing what happens? I uh um. You know, when I was in Japan, I had talked about how there's a lot of girls that their goal is to get signed and, and, and all this stuff. And I would be totally happy if that happened. But I think ultimately, um, I, I really, this is going to sound really cheesy or whatever, but I really want to honor my teachers. And just like I was talking about with Josh and Billy, I really want to carry this flag. Nobody in, in women's wrestling is doing it. There's a couple guys you can name male wrestlers that are still around you know i named a couple but like there's no girls that are doing it and i think uh i i i feel a responsibility to 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 honor that and i think even if i did end up get signed if i totally forgot about what it is i'm supposed to represent i wouldn't be happy with myself at the end of the day so no matter where i'm at or how far it goes or how viral things get um (laughs) i i hope it, it it i'm honoring the the lineage of of where I come from. If you want things to get viral, just remember, have Chandler Biggins. Yeah, I'll, I'll retweet toss you a retweet. I think viral, I think Chandler Biggins. And now this, you know, this is this is a good episode. It's a very kind of serious, straightforward episode. We'll have to have you back for a nice yes. get drunk Shana episode. Yeah. Shana se- sexual story, as she goes a by. A story to segue to that. Oh. I, have, I had a t-shirt made that comes from me being drunk on a podcast. So oh. we'll have to go there. Oh, all right. Oh. Story for another time. Cliffhanger. Yeah, that's what we call that. In the I do biz. have one request though. Oh. Please return the title when you retire, because I don't think you're. I, I can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Oh, I got one request. One yeah. request. Please return the title when you retire, because I don't think anybody's beating her for it. Oh, that's maybe do do? Frank and Drag. Maybe Frank the Clown and Frank Drag. The clown. <laughs> Frank and Noel be back on a, as a tag team to beat her. Handicap. Yeah. She'll yeah. share it. Share the title. <laughs> Uh, well, Shana, thank you for joining us. You're on AIW's The Card is Going to Change. Uh, we hope that you folks enjoy this episode. Uh, be on the lookout for the sequel to this episode for the other side of Shana. Shana Baszler Part Shana 2. Shana Sexual. Shana Sexual. Shana Sexual. Shana After Dark. <laughs> We're going to have to license some Kiss some kiss songs yeah. to play. Probably during in the back of a taxi cab. Maybe, to, maybe, uh, maybe after a show at Mahal's one of these nights. Yeah. Uh, but we do hope you folks enjoyed it. Uh, thanks again to all of our sponsors, the Ebtide Treatment Center, Thrift Store, Jobber, Smart Mark Video, Angelo's Pizza, and, of course, Jack Prince uh, for owners John Thorne and Chandler Biggins. My name is Steve Guy. We'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks. That is so obnoxious. <laughs>